Hello, and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? Man, I'm fantastic. Just got done watching the U.S. Open. Mm. Uh, it was a rough one this year. It, it was a little rough. Although Nadal kind of, you know, did his thing. It was an amazing performance. You know what else was rough? What was rough? The Browns. Bra- oh, my God. Yeah. Please. Woo! So at least you got to see some good tennis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. Tell me what we're listening to today. We are listening to the song I Know What You Did Last Summer by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Let's hop in the DeLorean and find out what track was sampled to make this hit. Rewind! Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Tell them, man. Mm. Tell them now. It's not warm when she's away. You know, they got an app for that. <laughs> Do they? Ain't no you sure it's an app? <laughs> There's a beer also for that as well. Got a beverage and an app for that. Anytime she goes away. Wonder this time where she's gone. All right, Tob, please tell the good people what we are listening to. We are listening to Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers, and I'm very confident in saying this right here. There are a lot of men that would say that Bill Withers has a voice that most of them would want. Yeah. I know I'm not wrong. I'm raising my hand. Yes, please. (laughs) For real. Yeah, he's got a classic set of pipes, and I'm excited that we get a chance to get into his backstory for this episode. Well, Joe, I'm so glad that you said that. Why don't we start with you giving us a little bit of history about the man behind the voice? Okay. Well, Bill is one of my musical heroes, as much for the passion and authenticity with which he created his music as the way he did everything on his own terms, including leaving the music industry altogether in what was, in my opinion, way too short of a career. He was he was like the Jim Brown of music. Now, now by that, I, I'm assuming you mean like a legend leaving the game in his prime mm-hmm. while still on top? Because yeah. I don't remember Bill busting through tackles and, and mauling people. I don't, I don't remember that at all. No, but you know what? Like Jim, Bill was a hell of a lacrosse player. Is that right? No, no, I just made that up. <laughs> trying to get attention again. Look here. Look, look. So uh, fake news. All right, fake news. So all right, if you could just tell us some actual facts about Mr. Withers, please. Yeah, all right. Well, let's just, uh, I'm going to pull out my Sharpie. I'm just going to oh. make this little circle around <laughs> Alabama. Do that. <laughs> Actually, let's pick West Virginia instead. It's a little town called Slab Fork, which is where William Harrison Withers Jr., was born on July 4th, 1938. Guess his mama was celebrating Independence Day in her own special way. So Bill was born with a stutter and had a hard time fitting in. Now kids, as we know, can be really cruel. Yeah, they can. And Bill carried his stutter with him through his nine-year stint in the Navy. Now he became determined to overcome it by saying the following in in a quote. So I realized it wasn't physical. I figured out that my stutter, and this isn't the case for everyone, was caused by fear of the perception of the listener. I had a much higher opinion of everyone else than I did of myself. And I started doing things like imagining everyone naked. Hmm. All kinds of tricks I used on myself. Well, apparently it worked, but this also got me thinking about another monster star who struggled with stuttering. Country music legend Mel Tillis. So Mel turned that into an asset with his self-deprecating humor, and eventually he, too, overcame his speech impediment. 
but he never let that stop him from becoming an iconic singer and songwriter. Let's take a listen to one of his numerous hits. This is 1979, number one country hit, Coca-Cola Cowboy. You didn't think I could do that, did you? That was good. <laughs> you were like Bill Withers, too, one breath. You got a Eastwood smile and a Robert Redford hat. That paints a picture. Doesn't it? <laughs> but you walked across my heart like it was. He's got a nice little voice. Oh, it's oh nice yeah, Mount could sing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he was also a really talented songwriter. He actually wrote the song uh, Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town, mm. which was originally recorded by Waylon Jennings and then made into a hit for Kenny Rogers and the first edition. Not the new edition. That was that was somebody else. Right. Uh, in 1969. <laughs> let's, let's hear that. The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. Didn't I mention Kenny in the last episode accidentally? Accidentally? <laughs> yeah, probably. Don't take your love. This is a sad song. Is it? Yeah. 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 Well, well I mean, definitely you know, it's about Vietnam vets, so I can't. Well, it's definitely a, a risque song for the time, you know, tackling the issue of the Vietnam War and the hardships of returning veterans head on. I mean, so that's definitely a risky tune for sure. It was. And Mel had another star to thank for helping him overcome his fear of speaking in between songs. It seems that singing didn't trigger his stutter, but he was afraid to banter with the audience between songs for fear of impacting his speech. So he tells a story of how legendary comedian Sarah Cannon, a.k.a. Minnie Pearl, Minnie Pearl. Minnie Pearl. How she helped him through it. So Minnie called me over one day. She said, Melvin... I notice you have a little speech hang-up. Let me tell you this. If you're going to be in the business, you need to introduce your own songs. And when you're finished, you need to thank them yourself. I said, Minnie, they're laughing at me. She said, they're laughing with you. So that's how I started talking on stage. That's pretty cool. You got to own it, right? All right. So last we left off, Bill had just left the Navy, and he started writing songs. Why am I singing YMCA and and the village people (laughs) in my head, right, in the Navy? He started writing and singing songs, and then he moved to L.A. and began working for an aerospace manufacturer and recording demos and playing clubs in his free time. So his day job was a bit of a tough gig as he was completely overqualified. See, when he had joined the Navy, he had gone to aircraft mechanic school and had to deal with the recent desegregation of the armed forces. This is a quote from him. I still had to prove to people that thought that I was genetically inferior, that I wasn't too stupid to drain the oil out of an airplane. It's like, I'm a mechanic, people. Right. Come on, stop. <laughs> That's what I did. Right. Well, thankfully, Bill found solace in music and a bit of a light bulb moment when he was visiting a club in Oakland. So Lou Rawls was scheduled to play the club that night, and he was late, and the manager was incensed. And Bill remembers him muttering, I'm paying this guy $2,000 a week, and he can't show up on time. Wait, Lou Rawls? Lou Rawls? You mean you mean the three-time Grammy winner who gave us this disco soul wonder in 1976? You'll never buy. Sing it, Lou. Sing it now. As long as you live. This is confidence. You'll never find. You'll never right. As long as you live. <laughs> Tender like I. Like I do. You know it. He looking at her directly in her eye. <laughs> it's hypnotic. No matter where you and then he doubles down, like, and you'll never find. Let me tell you else what you'll never find. 
So have you ever seen the cover of that single? That's why he's confident that he can own it. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about back in the day. You need to check out the collar and it's the carnation and the, and on the that fuzz coat. sort of spew. Yeah, it's fantastic. Amazing. Or, or it's something. Well, I don't think it was the outfit that inspired Bill, but he took his demos to the new indie label, Sussex. So that label was so impressed with his songs and lyrics that they signed him to a deal and put Booker T. Jones in charge of producing Booker his album. Booker T. Booker T. As in Booker T. and the MGs, Booker T. The guy responsible for this classic. Oof. As you like to say, Tobe, this is my jam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that face, yeah. right? It's filthy. That guy in the organ seemed like he could be there all day playing that. Actually, I think the original title of this was going to be Stinky Onions. For real? <laughs> really? For real. And they, they changed it. But I think it fits. So it was indeed the Booker T. The Booker T. The Booker T, right? And that's not the only legendary musician that played on Bill's first album, 1971's Just As I Am. Well, it featured fellow Booker T and the MGs members Al Jackson Jr. on drums and Donald Duck Dunn on bass. That's a fantastic name. Donald Duck Dunn. Come yeah, on, man. That's the Blues Brothers guys, too. Oof. Although some tracks also had Jim Keltner, another legend, on drums, and a guy named Stephen Stills on guitar. Stephen was doing just fine in his own right as the 1970 Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young album. So Deja Vu had reached number one and gone seven times platinum. Man. Let's take a listen to the Graham Nash penned Teach Your Children from that album. The one they picked, the one you know by. So I have vinyl Don't you ever with these guys on it. I love the harmonies. Oh, it's, they're amazing. Perfect. So just look at them and so much ridiculous talent in this band. And I'm not even a Neil Young fan. Well, Graham Nash must have been hanging around the studio while Bill was recording as well. So Bill said he was feeling uneasy about the whole process until Nash sat down in front of him and said, hey, you don't know how good you are. Man, Mr. Nash was right. So the first single off the Just As I Am album is our first feature track, Ain't No Sunshine. Let's give it another spin. Wonder this time where she's gone. He's had a few beers now. Now he's, he's, he's pondering. Where'd she go? Where'd she go anyway? Is she and her mom? He said this time. This time. Oh, that's not good. She at Deborah's house? <laughs> what about Rachel's house? Where, where is she at? Anytime she goes away. Man. I think he meant to say every time. Right. Well, Ain't No Sunshine was inspired by the 1962 film Days of Wine and Roses which got Jack Lemmon an Oscar nomination for Best Actor, Lee Remick a nomination for Best Actress, and won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. So what struck Bill about this film was that it's like going back for seconds on Rat Poison. Mm. I mean, that, wow. is, that is a quote. <laughs> He's so good with words. Sometimes you miss things that weren't particularly good for you. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Well, Bill famously goes back for seconds and thirds and fourths and 26s in this song. Wow, one for every letter in the alphabet. That's perfect. <laughs> That's the number of times he sings the words, I know, in the third verse. Now, he originally intended it as a placeholder until he wrote more lyrics, but the other musicians convinced him to leave it. Now, let's, let's count along with him. And I know, I know, I know, I know, 
I lost count. I was going to say, I know you all are trying. It's making my brain hurt. One breath, too, though. Yeah, leave it alone. You should have left it alone after eight, I know. You waited. It's like, man. Okay, seriously, that is some breath control. Yeah. And though this was originally released uh, as the B-side to the album's first track, Harlem, DJ started spinning Ain't No Sunshine instead, and it reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. I do love the grit and intensity of that Harlem track, though, so let's give that one a spin. So this is like at the end of the song, but it just is built to this point, and it just keeps going. It's so good. Which one are you, Toad? Are you the hip or the good folks? <laughs> it remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, you can sing. So the other single to chart showed Bill's softer side while he still retained all of that raw intensity. So Grandma's Hands would reach number 42 on the Billboard 100. Let's hear that. That's it. It's crazy. Ain't it? Grandma's hands soothe the local unwed mother. Grandma's hands used to ache sometimes and swell. Grandma's hands used to lift her face and tell her she'd say, Baby, Grandma, understand. So here's my question, Joe. Yeah. Do we have any artists out there that sing like this right now? Man, I, I hope so. I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I but mean, off the top, I would say no. But then again, there's so many artists out there right now. It's hard to, you know, I'm sure there's someone. We just you know, don't what's know what's interesting, about. I feel like you and I just did the exact same thing, right? I just closed my eyes, just took a step back from the mic, and was just feeling this in my ears through the headphones. And then I, like when I opened my eyes, you were doing the exact same thing. And I think that's what Bill's voice does. Right. Even with the success of the album, Bill was not yet convinced he could make a living in the music industry, which is crazy. Nuts. So he decided to keep his day job at the factory. Well, then he got laid off, and he had this <laughs> serendipitous moment. When, see what you get? Right? You get trying to do the right get. thing, right? Trying to be responsible. Well, he gets two letters in the mail, right? One's saying, hey, Bill, come back to work. The other one's from a guy named Johnny Carson, who's mm. like, hey, you want to you come play on the show? I'll take door number two. <laughs> I'll take door number two. So, thankfully, Bill chose the music route. And in 1972, he followed up with his second release, Still Bill. So, this featured the number one single, Lean On Me, a song that Bill came up with while noodling on a piano he had just purchased. Let's listen to that. Lean on me when you're not strong. After getting laid off, it sounded like he would need a friend. Yeah, I mean, that's probably why he wrote <laughs> what it. a giving person. <laughs> this song won Bill a Grammy for Best R&B Song 15 years later. Wow. In 1987, which is also, I think, the version that ruined this song for me. There's a group called Club Nouveau. Yeah. And they covered it on their album... Life, Love, and Pain. Mm, mm. This is also the, the version that gives us the iconic phrase, we be jamming. We be jamming. We be jamming. We be Let's jamming. Hear it. 
best part of the song. I can't lie, man. I loved when this song first came yeah. out. I loved it. Oh, I'm sure I did too. When it came out. But you put them side by side. No, that, yeah, yeah, true that, true that. So Bill Withers would get his third gold record with the next single off Still Bill, "Use Me." Let's yes. hear that. This, yes, this is this is my jam right here. This no. is it. No, we're gonna share it. It's gonna be our jam. <laughs> this is our jam. Tell them now. Tell them. Spread the news. That if it feels it's good getting used, oh, you just keep on using me. Come on now. Seriously, one of my all-time favorite tunes. It is too bad. Come on now. That my dingling kept it from reaching the number one spot okay, on the Billboard okay, 100. Hey, hey, Eric, yeah. we got Eric. You need you need to cut that off. Um, this is a family show. You got to explain yourself. Ain't nobody want to hear about dingling. Don't, don't relax, okay. relax. I'm talking about uh, the Chuck Berry song. Oh, my dingling. Oh, yeah. Okay. Believe it or not, that's uh, that held the number one spot and kept use me at number two. So we should probably listen to. Well, of course, it was the, number one. Such a catchy title. My dingling. <laughs> Once I was climbing the garden wall. This is a live version I from 72. And had a terrible fall. Was that Barkley? I fell so hard, oh. I heard bells terrible. Ring, terrible. Held on to my wow. Yeah. It's live, you know, the crowd's into it. They want to sing about their dingling. That's crazy. So I, I'm well. I, I'm guess I'm done trying to understand the music listening public. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get back to Bill. Bill went on to sign with Columbia after Sussex folded and released an album each year from 1975 to 1978. Well, he had another hit in 1977 with the song "Lovely Day" from his Ooh. Menagerie album. So let's hear that. Another. It's another great song. Come on. And something without this is a summer song, right? Totally is. I mean, this with like Fresh Prince's They're Summertime. Remi- yeah. like, you could, like, well, and then Will Smith did a cover of this too, Lovely Days, right? Okay. All right. I knew I wasn't crazy with that. Just one look at you. And I know it's gonna be. How happy was the girl that he wrote this song about? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So Lovely Day hit number six on the Billboard R&B charts and number 30 on the Hot 100. It also contains the vocal stylings of a man possessed. Oh. Oh, you mean because Ray Parker Jr. of Ghostbusters fame plays guitar on the track? N- no. No, that's, that's oh. not what I meant at all. It's because at the end of the song, he holds a note for 18 seconds. Whoa. Okay, I'm going to grab a coffee while we listen to that, okay. okay? Okay, let's hit it. We'll be back, guys. Still going. This coffee's good. <laughs> Caramel macchiato, trying to tell you. Man, it's crazy. That is crazy. That is nuts. All right. Well, clearly some pipes. From the beginning, Bill remained fiercely in charge of his music and career. He said, early on, I had a manager for a couple of months, and it felt like getting a gasoline enema. 
Painful. Painful. <laughs> Again, great <laughs> quote from Bill. Wow. Nobody had my interest at heart. I felt like a pawn. I like being my own man. And so he retained smartly control of his music and management. So this led to conflicts with record labels in this— Shocked. Shocked right, I am. Shocking, right, right. Amazing. So it, it led to conflicts with record labels, and as, as Bill struggled with getting songs approved and released, he started writing and working with other artists like Gladys Knight. Well, that's a good call. That's I'd like so to do that, really, That's a great call. Well, his 1980 collaboration with Grover Washington Jr., Just the Two of Us, reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100, and— won the Grammy for Best R&B Song. We referenced this track in a previous episode, but it is never a bad time to give it another spin. Agreed. Good things might come to those who wait, but not for those who wait too late. We gotta go for all we know. Never a bad time to hear a song either. Never. We can make it if we try. I can't remember if we talked about this, but at the end of this song, when they like have this cowbell mixed in, that's just like way too, too heavy in the mix. But I love it because it's a cowbell. So by the mid '80s, Bill was fed up with the music industry in Colombia, in particular. Now, one of the reasons is because it took him years to get songs approved. Yet the label was rushing out albums by people like Lawrence Tarad. Really? <laughs> you mean? You mean the one and only Mr. T, which happens to be the name of a track off of his 1984 album with lyrics by the other one and only T, Ice T. So you're either Mr. T or you're Ice T. I don't think there's anything left. Read, read the signs. You, you know we have to listen to this, right? <laughs> let's let's listen it. to one and only. God. It's classic. So we were talking about that enema earlier. <laughs> okay. So Bill would release his last album in 1985, Watching You, Watching Me. Let's listen to Stepping Right Along from that album. I can understand how Bill just it was stepped a little angry. Right along. <laughs> yeah. Because you're right. That was it. Bill's contract with Columbia was up, and he didn't even bother to sign with a new record label. He was done. He stopped recording. Pretty much disappeared from the public eye. Not that he misses any of it. So as he said in a 2015 Rolling Stone interview before his induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I quote, I'm just so fortunate. I've got a nice wife, man, who treats me like gold. I don't deserve her. My wife dotes on me. I'm very pleased with my life, how it is. This business came to me in my 30s. I was socialized as a regular guy. I never felt like I owned it or it owned me. Bill was inducted into the Rock Hall by none other than Stevie Wonder. So clearly his impact and legacy is strong. While Bill hung up his microphone a long time ago, why don't we turn our attention to our second feature track and an artist who is just getting started, Sean Mendez. Tobe, can you tell us a little bit more about him? 
That I can do, sir. So Sean Mendez was born in the Toronto suburb of Pickering in Canada. Now, he learned how to play guitar by watching YouTube tutorial videos at the age of 14. And a year later, he was doing covers on YouTube. So here we have yet another young and talented artist using the power of social media to get noticed. For real. His covers of songs eventually earned him millions of views and made him the third most followed musician on Vine. That's incredible, man. That that's that's a lot. Are we too old for this? Of views. We should get our social game up. <laughs> we need to, man. Yeah. We need to. So he was signed to Island Records and released his first single on June twenty fifth, two thousand fourteen. The song called "Life of the Party." Let's take a listen to that. So this song made Sean the youngest to debut in the top 25 on the Billboard Hot 100. That surprises me, actually. The youngest. I know. I know. Well, you, you, well, keep in mind, though, so they make up, you know, the Billboard Hot 100. It hasn't been around forever. True. Okay, so we can go back and find out what year it actually started, but it hasn't right. been around forever. Right, right. So keep that in mind. So he followed this single with the release of his debut EP in July of 2014, which peaked at number five on the Billboard 200. Less than a year later, Mendez released his full-length album, Handwritten, which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Let's take a listen to one of the hit singles from that album, Stitches. How many times did you hear this on the radio? A lot. It's pretty popular. So popular that it actually peaked at number four on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and it's probably when Sean actually fell on my radar. Now, I love music, but admittedly, I'm not really a, a big radio listener. I don't know if I'm the only one. Are you like that as well? No, I, I can't even tell you the last time I turned on like an actual radio station. Right. Sometimes it takes either someone telling me about a new artist before I hear about them, or if I'm driving someone somewhere else, or if I'm with my wife, she might have the radio on, and I'll I hear something new. And that's the the first thing that I noticed about this guy is that, man, he can really sing. He's mm-hmm. got a nice range. He does. He's still really young, too, so it will be interesting to see how his voice matures through his career. The other thing that I appreciate is that he writes his own stuff. Mm. It is great to see young artists that are creating their own material. Yeah, I, I knew that you would love that. I love that aspect as well, and that's what also really caught my attention. You know, outside of his voice, the lyrics are smart, they're heartfelt, they're innocent, you know, and, and I love it. And, and I hope he writes as much as he can now. Yes. Before, you know what I'm saying? Right, before he gets jaded. Before and, he gets jaded, yeah. right. Before anything or anyone can change yeah. him, right? I mean, think about the songs that, you know, you and I used to write in high school or college or whatever. They're different, right? Totally different in subject matter, what we were writing about. Not better, not worse, whatever, but they're different. And right. that makes sense because it would actually be pretty bizarre if, if it wasn't. <laughs> right. Right. It would be. We'd be quite, quite, my mom would be calling like, right, yeah, right now. Exactly. What are you doing? <laughs> So not all change is bad, obviously. And some people that you meet in your life can affect it in a positive way. Mm. Enter Miss Camilla Cabello. 
Well, Miss Cabello was part of the group Fifth Harmony and well-known for singing this tune. And this song had me going on Expedia looking for looking for tickets. <laughs> How many times did you hear this song, man, over the summer? Yeah, you know, I don't know what you did last summer, but I know that I was hearing this song about every five minutes, which is okay, because you know me. I love my Latin... Music. Music. Yes. Music. Yes. That's what I was going with. Yes, I know that's what you mean. Uh-huh. Well, Camila teamed up with Mendez on our second featured track, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. In fact, they wrote the song together amidst the chaos backstage during a Taylor Swift tour, which is just a cool story. Like, I can just picture that, right? You're in a dressing room somewhere, and you're like... Hey, let's go write a song with, can you imagine the chaos backstage at a Taylor Swift show? Anyway, let's give it another spin. She's not coming home. The voices go really well. They do. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah. So if you go to about the one-minute mark in this track, you're going to hear the I Knows, mm. okay? And that, that were taken directly from Bill Withers' tune, Ain't No Sunshine. Yeah. You remember that, right? Do you need me to remind you? Like, oh, want to oh, hear it again? Or? I had to pull off my shoes, count to 26. We did it last time. Let's, we're not <laughs> doing it again. You 26 heads, fingers and toes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> it's not for public consumption. No, we're not taping right now, are we? <laughs> oh, boy. So let's just show how Sean and Camilla interpolated for I Know What You Did Last Summer. Let's listen to That's that. That's a good idea, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I didn't mean it, no, I didn't mean it, mean it, no. Hey. Can't seem to let you go, can't seem to hold you. You know what I say, Tom? Rookies. Rookies? <laughs> right, <laughs> When they right, do it like right. five or Eight six times. times. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm yeah. kidding. That is actually pretty awesome. So in 2016, Mendez made his acting debut on the CW show The 100 and also announced his second world tour. Well, that world tour started in March and sold out 38 shows in North America and Europe. Not bad for a dude who was only 18 at the time. Man. So Mendez also released his second album, Illuminate, in 2016, which debuted at number one on the Billboard 100. Let's take a listen to the single, Treat You Better. And you're spending all your time in this wrong situation And anytime you want it to stop I know I can treat you better than he this is probably the second part of like what Bill was thinking. We sitting on the couch wondering if she's at Rachel's or at Jennifer's. She's right. Like, oh man, I can, I can treat you better. Just come back. You ain't lying. The Illuminate album was certified platinum and also included the single Mercy that was certified double platinum. Sean then released a live album from his show at Madison Square Garden in December of 2016. And to put a cherry on top, he also performed on Saturday Night Live. So that's a hell of a year marked by a lot of success. Joe, let me ask you this question. Yeah, okay. go ahead, shoot. What did you think my favorite class was in high school? Um, science, my friend. Really? Science. science? I didn't picture you for a science guy. 
Okay, well, why? Yeah. Well, science is something that I excel at. Now, don't ask me to explain it, but Mm. I know chemistry when I see it. Okay. Okay, and what chemistry am I speaking of? Uh, Please tell me. Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes. The chemistry is felt on the recent collaborative single, Senorita. Let's give that a listen. Okay. I can't stop listening to this song. It's a good this song. song. Oh. Ladies, if you can sing and you want to sing this song yeah. with Joe and I, hit us up on social. Hit us up on social. We'll make we, that happen. We will make this happen. We will make it happen. Love that song. All right, Matchmaker. Apparently, you are as concerned with all the gossipy buzz surrounding these two as the rest of the interwebs are. Can't help myself. Can we just be grateful (laughs) for a couple of talented young artists making good tunes? Agreed. Agreed. All right. So while artists like Shawn Mendes are in the midst of their early careers, we know that Bill Withers bowed out of the spotlight far too soon. Now, he left a legacy of great music, and many artists have sampled it in interesting ways. Now, what do you say we take a listen to some of that for our bonus material? Well, I'm going to start us off with two songs that I've always loved, but honestly, I did not realize were connected until recently. So let's first hear the intro to the Bill Withers tune, Kissing My Love. Mm-hmm. Oof. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's always had great drummers. That's beautiful. All right, so now let's hear how Dre dropped it into Let Me Ride off of 92's The Chronic. Yes. I had no idea that that was the beat he used. It's so well done. I knew right off, right? As soon as I heard it, I was like, yep. Did you? Got it. Yeah. You know how many times we listen to this? That's the thing. I've heard this, both of these songs, you know, hundreds of times, but I just never put them together in my head. So Travis Scott would use that sample in 2015 on his debut album called Rodeo. Let's take a listen to the track 90210. Slow it down a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Chop it up a little bit. Nice. Never heard that song. That's nice, though. Well, we played a little bit of Bill Withers' Use Me earlier in the show and the fantastic drum work by James Gadsden, so let's hear another snippet of that again. Just keep on using me hmm. Until you use me up Yeah. All right, now let's hear how Logic used it for his song Under Pressure off his 2014 debut album of the same name. I've been feeling under pressure Again. This is your father, don't mean to bother How are you? Heard you were in town, but I never saw you Tried to call you, where are you? In Paris? What a beautiful destination in Paris Right by the Eiffel Come now, please don't be spiteful of all my small talk I think we're overdue a long talk When I see kids around the way, I say how I'm your... You listen to Logic at all? A little bit. 
He's another guy I need to spend more time with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an interesting cat. He's very, very talented. Very, very talented. Shawn Mendes wasn't the only one to interpolate Ain't No Sunshine. So DMX. DMX! <laughs> the X-Man. He did it for the soundtrack of from his 2001 movie with Steven Seagal. Oh, boy. Exit Wounds. Mm-hmm. Let's hear that. Okay. It's dark and hell is hot. Ain't no sunshine when it's on. Isn't that wah though? <laughs> yeah, a lot of wah wah. Mm hmm. I, right, I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of I know, I know this one will bring a smile to your face. So, first, let's hear a little more of Grandma's Hands from Bill. Oh, mm-hmm. here we go. Church on Sunday morning, Grandma's hand. Man. Yeah. So visual. It is. It's a great word, actually. It's very visual. It is. So if you think that music sounds familiar, you probably are talking about the 1996 U.S. Billboard's number one hit song <laughs> called No Diggity. Oh, you were in your heyday for this. Man! <laughs> song was, was done by Blackstreet featuring Dr. Dre and Queen Penn. Since I'm a Teddy Riley fan, we got to give that we a We got to. Let's do it. No diggity. You got to pay to play Just for shorty bang bang to look your way I like the way you work it Trump tight all day, every day You're blowing my mind, maybe in time Baby, I can get you in my ride I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up Bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity Man, I introduced this song to my son Two nice. weeks ago Nice Two, he was like, what is this? <laughs> what is this loveliness? All right, my friend. Man, sadly, we are out of time. I know it. Stinks. All right, what all did we cover? So our first feature track was Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers, and our second feature track was I Know What You Did Last Summer by Shawn Mendes featuring Camila Cabello. All right, good stuff. And what do we have lined up for our next episode? We will have a special guest in the studio and rock the casbah. Ooh, all right, guests in the studio. Well, we better... Coordinate outfits so we mm-hmm. don't clash. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there, buddy. All right. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Riffs on Riffs. Keep listening. Huzzah. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineer, Eric Coltnout. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm your co-host, Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake. 
and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.